Lord, you are good. And Lord, you are good, and your mercy endureth forever. And Lord, you are good, and your mercy endureth forever. People from every nation and tongue, from generation to generation, we worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we worship you for who you are. Come on, we worship Yeah, yeah. We worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you for who you are. You are good. Lord, you are good. Let's declare it today. Lord, you are good. Here we go. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Yeah. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. People from every nation and tongue. From generation to generation, we worship you. And hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you. You are, yes, you are, yes, you are. So good, so good. Yes, you are, yes, you are, yes, you are. Yeah, you are good all the time and all the time. You are good, and you are good all the time and all the time. You are good, yeah, you are good. All the time and all the time, you are good. Yeah, you are good. All the time and all the time, you are good. Yes, you are, Lord. We declare your goodness this morning. So good, Lord. Oh. Come on, Lord, you are good. And Lord, you are good, and your mercy endureth forever. And Lord, you are good, and your mercy endureth forever. And Lord, you are good, and your mercy endureth forever. And Lord, you are good, and your mercy endureth forever. From every nation and tongue, from generation to generation, we worship you. And hallelujah, we worship, we worship you. Yeah, we worship you, we worship you. Hallelujah. 
on, if you believe it, give him praise today. We bless your name, Jesus. Through you, I can do anything. I can do all things. Because it's you who gives me strength. Nothing is impossible. Through you, blind eyes are open. And strongholds are broken. I am living by faith. Nothing is impossible. Yeah. Aren't you glad nothing is impossible? Yeah. I'm not gonna live by what I see. Come on, I 
if you believe today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless your name today, Jesus. Well, put your hands together today. Father, we invite your presence. We thank you for your glory. Oh, you're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. We worship you, Jesus. Yeah. Love you, Lord. Higher than the mountains that I face, and stronger than the power of the grave, and constant through the trial and the change. One thing remains. Yes, one thing remains. Yeah, your love never fails and never gives up. It never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up. Never runs out on me. Yeah, your love never fails and never gives up. It never runs out on me. Your love. Aren't you glad this morning? Yeah. And on and on and on and on it goes. Yes, it overwhelms and satisfies my soul. And I never, ever have to be afraid. Yeah, one thing. Come on. Remains one thing. fails and never gives up and never runs out on me your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me your love your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me your love your love your love your love yeah in death in life Confident and covered by the blood of your great love. Come on, my debt is paid. My debt is paid. There's nothing that can separate my heart from your, from your great love. Come on, your love never fails. Your love never fails and never gives up. It never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up. It never runs out. Your love, your love never fails and never gives up. Never runs out on me. Your love. Thankful for your love. Thankful for your love, your love. Oh, your love, your love, your love, your love. Oh, on and on, on and on and on and 
soul And I never ever have to be afraid There's one thing remains One thing remains Your love never fails and never gives up It never runs out on me your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up and never runs out on me, your love. Father, we thank you for your love. Where it says perfect love cast out all fear. So, Father, we thank you that today we stand in love. We stand in your love, in the seat and the authority that you've given us. And, Father, today we take authority over the spirit of fear. We take authority over anxiety, worry. Father, we take authority over every resistive spirit that would try to come and try to disrupt the flow of the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you, Lord, that today from our seat of authority, God, we stand up against the wiles of the enemy. And we say to you to back up today, but take your hands off God's people. Take your hands off God's church. Take your hands off this region. Father, we thank you that your love cast out fear right now in Jesus' name all across America. Father, we thank you, God, that we do not know fear, that we know love. Come on, lift your hands across the room. Father, we thank you right now for a spirit of love to, to just fall fresh on us again. Perfect love, your love. Father, we thank you for it this morning. Lord, we thank you that you're good. Lord, we thank you that you, you declare that, that, God, that, we are, we, that no plague should come nigh our dwelling. And we thank you for it today in Jesus' name. And everybody in agreement said, come on, let's worship just a few more moments. Come on, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, we declare you're a good, good father today, Lord. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm, I'm never alone. A good, good father, it's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. And I've seen many searching for. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. 
you today, God. Bless you today, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Remain standing with me for a moment. I want to um, 
I'm going to address the the coronavirus this morning, and um, we're not moved by what we see, by how we feel, but I want to mention a few facts. Number one, the pundits on TV are saying that fear is spreading faster than the coronavirus. Fear is spreading faster than the coronavirus. And fear is more damaging than that, than that defeated virus. And um, I want to encourage you as the gathering place, as people that are spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-filled, presence-driven people to rise up and to begin to speak to that thing. The last two weeks, I've encouraged you to speak death to the coronavirus. Right? And we need to continue doing that. When I was praying the other day, it was about 3 o'clock in the morning, the Lord gave me a, um, a plan. And he's told me to begin to um, release scripture attacking fear on Facebook on a daily basis. And so I'm going to encourage all of you that are here and those that are watching online to go to our Facebook page every day over the next five days and i want you to share every verse that we that we post we have uh, beginning at 7 30 every morning in the next five days posts that are scheduled with verses that attack the spirit of fear and i want you to share those and then i also want you to share your own scriptures on your own facebook page because if we can take authority over the airwaves and over what is being written and talked about our words have power, and they can, they can uh, 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 infiltrate the fear and the panic and the hysteria that is going on right now. The Word of God can, can automatically consume what the enemy's trying to do. And so, I want you to rise up. I want you to take a stand against the spirit of fear. There's five scriptures that we're going to be sharing um, I'm going to just give them to you. Isaiah 41 and 10, 2 Timothy 1 and 7, Mark 5 and 36, Philippians 4 and 6, and Psalms 27 and 1. And we're going to declare these five scriptures for the next five days over America, over our region, and we're going to see this flu thing completely defeated in Jesus' name. We don't have time for this. We don't have time for it. You don't have time for it. I don't have time for it. And this fear and this hysteria has come from this straight from hell. And it's come to distract and disrupt what God is trying to do in America. And the devil is a liar. We're going to stand against it. And we're not going to put up with the enemy and his tricks and schemes. Amen. And so my mom has some, a letter that Jeff and I put together. And we're going to give it to each uh, family. There's 20 of them. So each one, one per family gets a letter. And in this letter, <clears throat> we talk about the virus. We talk about uh, different things. There is a possibility that our municipality could tell us that we cannot meet here. Um, now, I, 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 am, I am in complete disagreement with that. But because we're people of authority, under authority, I've got to do what our, our leaders say. Can I hear an amen on that? And so what we would do, like most other churches, we would have... Uh, online gathering again it's something that I do not want to do and I don't believe it's going to happen but just in case uh, this letter outlines 
for you what our plan would be. Now, this is not a letter to promote fear. This is not a letter to promote unbelief. It's not a fear. It's not a, a letter to, uh, it's not fear mongering. This is just a plan. It is wisdom um, if we have to move toward that direction. Again, listen to me. I do not believe we're going to go that direction. Amen. Come on, I can get a bit better amen than that. And so, and so, uh, but this is a plan just in case our municipality says we have to. Um, I want you to also use that letter as a point of a contact and agreement that this thing uh, is defeated. So anytime you pray, bring this letter in your prayer area and, and declare and decree. Remember, we preached on declaring a thing and decreeing a thing. It shall be established. So whatever we say with our mouth, it shall be established. And so we're decreeing that this thing called Corona is dead, completely annihilated by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to pray here in a moment. And, um, and again, we're going to come into agreement. And I believe over the next few days, we're going to have a special report that says this thing is gone. I believe it. I believe it. in my spirit. I don't feel anything that would say otherwise than that. I mean, we're people of faith. And so we believe that we have power to change this situation. So you ready to pray? So father, we thank you that you've given us authority <clears throat> to decree a thing. You've given us authority to lay hands on the sick. You've given us authority to cast out devils. You've given us authority to raise the dead. You've given us authority and power over sickness and disease. And Father, we thank you that this thing called Corona is dead. We thank you that it begins to wither up and die right now in Jesus' name. We decree that this thing is over, it is finished, and that this thing does not attack, does not rule and reign, but your power rules and reigns. And we decree and declare that this thing is over with in Jesus' name. It will not affect our economy anymore. We declare that we're in heaven's economy, and we declare that the New York Stock Exchange begins to uh, 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 begins to uh, react to heaven's economy and not the world's economy. And Father, we thank you that those who've lost money uh, in their 401ks, that God supernaturally, you're going to restore the things that have been lost. And Father, we thank you for such a time as this, that God, you've given us the power to change things. And God, there's power in our mouth and in our decree. And Father, we just decree to, to this virus that you have no power over America, over our minds, over our businesses, over our economy, over our churches. We call you powerless in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that your blood, Father, covers us from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. And God, we're supernatural beings for such a time as this. And Father, if there is somebody around us that has that stinking virus, Father, we thank you that just because they come into our, our sphere of influence, that they're automatically healed by your power. So, Father, we just thank you right now. We thank you, Lord, that we, that we are more powerful than it. And we strip the name Corona from it. You will not crown us with fear. You will not crown us with unbelief. You will not crown us with worry. Father, we're people of faith, and we activate we activate our faith today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, we are in agreement today. We're in agreement today. We're in agreement today that this thing is null and void. It has no power. 
no more power. We will not speak to it. It does not even exist. We call it an it today. It is over. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So, Father, we commit to speaking only your word. Your word. Your word. Your word. Your word. Your words have life. Your words have truth. Your words have power. And so we declare and decree your word, your voice, your spirit. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mark 5 and 36 says, do not be afraid, only believe. And Father, today we believe. We believe. We believe. We believe, Father. We thank you, Father, that, that this is turning around right now right now. Father, we pray for every church, God, that had to close its doors due to the uh, a declaration by the president and by uh, county and local officials. Father, we pray for them today. Father, wrap your arms around them today. God, give them peace. Give them comfort today, knowing that you're in control. Father, we thank you for a spirit of refreshing over churches and leaders today, over our county and local officials. Father, over the president. Father, we thank you, Lord. Give them wisdom. Give them wisdom. Give them your word, God. Give them your word. Father, let them stand with all boldness to declare that it is finished. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Can we finish, begin to worship and thank him that he, is, he has called it over and it is finished? Come on, just begin to praise him. Thank him. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that it's finished. It's over. It's done. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So we're going to, we're going to, share scripture the next five days and we're going to declare a thing and decree a thing for the next five days beginning at 7 30 tomorrow morning we're going to begin speaking the word of the lord amen wednesday from 12 noon to one o'clock i'm opening the church for prayer and uh, we're going to uh pray for an hour here online and right here and we're going to soak this thing through prayer do i think it is finished the lord told me it is finished but we're going to do our part, and we're going to open up this house as a place of refuge to come for people to come to receive prayer and ministry on Wednesday from 12 to 1. And, of course, we'll have our midweek service at 7. Um, this is the plan the Lord has given me for our region. And so we're, this is what we're going to do. Also, um, so we're going to share scripture. We're going to come and pray. Um, if you feel led to fast on Wednesday, I want to encourage you to fast. Uh, this, this, that will also uh, break the spirit of distraction and confusion and uh, uh, hysteria over lives. And so let's let's commit to fasting. You ask the Lord what it is that He would have you fast from, and I uh, want you to do that. I believe this is a time, very important time in our in our in our in our in the body of Christ, that He's looking for the remnant. He's looking for people that will stand up and declare a thing. He's looking for a people who will say, you know what, I'm not going to sit on the sidelines, but I'm going to get in the game, and I'm going to change the trajectory of how this thing operates. Amen. And so we're going to be the people. We're going to be the people. We're not going to stay. We're just not going to watch, but we're going to watch and pray, and we're going to see this thing uh, die right before our very eyes. Are you in agreement? Amen. And so, once again, that letter's for you. Use it as a point of contact. And uh, I'm excited to see 
that on the news it's going to they're going to say that it is finished it is over amen 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 why don't you give your neighbor a high five and you can be seated for just one moment thank you so much Mama's saying what Mama's saying about Jesus said on the cross it is finished and it's done. Amen. All right, we're going to uh, take up our tithes and offerings this morning. And uh, if you're going to give by text to give, we have our number. If you need it, it'll be on the screen nine three six two six one eighty one forty two for those of you that are watching. Online, 936-261-8142. And uh, you can give there. Also, many of you give um, online already, so we thank you for that. I'm going to give you a few moments to get your gifts ready, your seed ready. Uh, again, you know, uh, if you don't know already, today is National Day of Prayer and Fasting. And so we thank the President for doing that and and um, that he understands the power of prayer. And so uh, please remain prayerful throughout the day. And I believe this thing is over and done with. Uh, tomorrow, uh, next Sunday, we'll be uh, speaking a prophetic word. Um, so it's going to be an exciting day. I want you to bring somebody, get someone here. How many of you? How many of you people know one person that you can invite to church? Just one, two, three. So just four, five. So five of you know one person that you can invite to church. Okay, those five, I would like for you to invite someone to church for next Sunday, and. Um, and I would like for you to uh, bring them because we're going to be praying for everybody that walks through these doors. We're going to be anointing them and so laying hands on them. And so I believe God has a God is, is changing the, the way we do church. Thank you. Yes. God is changing the way we do church and um, we are open to change. Who's open to change? Amen. We're not going to be resistant to what God is doing, but we're going to push and we're not going to we're not we're going to stay on fire. Amen. And so uh, we're going to see what God wants to do. But there's a word that the Lord has given me that I'm going to share next Wednesday, next Sunday. And then the following Sunday is Family Sunday. And we'll have Bill and Renee Morris with us doing our uh, worship and ministry that morning. And then again that evening in Beaumont at 6. And so make sure you're part of that. It's going to be a good time. Amen. Are you ready to give today? And at the end of today's message, we're going to have an opportunity for you to give toward uh, the ministry of Daniel Pringle. And again, it's great to have Prophet Pringle back with us today. Amen. Amen. How many of you guys have seen Daniel before, Prophet Daniel before? Oh, most of you. Most of you on this side has, and most of you on this side has not. And so it's going to be great. Great. Uh, Daniel Pringle has always brought a powerful, prophetic word to the house and to the region. And Daniel, I honor you as a friend, as a brother. Thank you so much for loving us and giving us opportunity to stay in fellowship with you. And we honor your voice in this region. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we're able to sow into your kingdom. We're not sowing into a man. We're not sowing into a church, but we're sowing into the kingdom. Father, we thank you, Lord, that our finances are blessed. Father, we thank you, Lord, that our seed is blessed and that this is the year for significant harvest. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to invite you to come and give. You can give in the offering boxes here or the one in the back. I'll give you an opportunity to do that at this time. Thank you so much for your giving today.
Amen. When Daniel Pringle came to us um, uh, back in 2017, he uh, brought a powerful prophetic message to our Open Heavens Conference. And uh, how many of you were here for the Open Heavens Conference when it came the first time? One, two, three, okay. Yeah. And uh, he brought a very powerful message about Open Heavens, and um, it really changed the way we did Open Heavens. And um, we're thankful for that. And I just believe he has a word for this region today. It's not a not coincidence that he's here in the midst of, of uh, America's hysteria. Uh, it's no coincidence that he, God has brought him here this weekend uh, to release a regional word, a word to this house, and a word to us individually. And I'm so thankful to have him with us. Again, at the end of today's service, we'll, be, we'll have an opportunity to give to him. But let's stand and welcome Prophet Daniel Pringle as he comes and gives the word of the Lord to us today. Come on. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise God. Amen. Can we do something here? This is called the gathering place, right? But you guys are scattered. Can we gather? Can y'all move forward and fill up these empty chairs? And not unless you're worried about coronavirus, but I thought we just prayed over that. I mean, let's, let's come closer. Let's gather. Praise God. Everything, I mean, you might not think it's relevant, you might not think it's important, but a lot of times those those being the way we are we are sitting, okay, that represents gaps. It's gaps. There's gaps. There's gaps in the church. I saw for a man to stand in the gap. Everybody wants a pulpit, but not everybody wants a gap. They want to stand in a gap. You find a gap, you'll find your pulpit. Locate the gap. There's gaps. There's gaps. So we still got, we still have gaps. Still gaps. We're better, but we still have gaps. We got a whole row where there's, whole row is gap. Whole row is gaps. See, every, to me, everything is significant. A gap is a place that the enemy is presently occupying where believers should be occupying. A gap is where a place of a previous gate. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm glad. Thank you. Thank you. So, praise God. The chair was warm. Bring your chair. You can bring the chair. You can switch the chair out. Just close the gap. Bring the chair. Just close the gap. A gap is a place where a gate used to be. Where the gate used to be. But then, the, but then the gate got broken and torn down, and now there's a gap. 
A gap is also stands for global access point. It's a point. It's a point of entry. It's a gap. The enemy always comes through a gap. When you see how, um, if you look at every time, usually churches go through a sifting, a change. It's always the same thing. The enemy doesn't have to recreate a gap because usually we never mend the gap and build a gate. And then we don't govern the gate once the gate is built. You have to govern the gate instead of just remaining it and leaving a gap. So the gap becomes a gate and then somebody governs the gate. Okay. So the enemy doesn't have to, he keeps shooting through the same one. He don't have to, usually the same thing. Same, same gap, same gap. If you look at the history of this church and times you've grown and times where you got set back in, and if you find out what was the common thing, you'll probably always find it's one thing, it's the same gap. Gap. And it's interesting because the last, since I've seen you guys last time, the last year now, year and a half, I've been traversing and going back and forth to D.C. Back and forth to D.C. Well, I am the uh, apostolic visionary and leader and overseer of a church back there, a Baptist church, Baptist church, a black Baptist church, not just the Baptist, it's a, not Southern Baptist church, okay, Baptist church, a white prophet, a black Baptist church, God's got a sense of humor. I don't even know how to, I don't know how to flow Baptist, I didn't grow up Baptist, I didn't, you know, I had to learn, I'm learning. I, I, there's things, traditions I don't understand. Traditions I don't understand. Thank you, Lord. And um, first time I ministered black, at a black Baptist church. I'm not saying that y'all to be racist. I'm just there's differences. <laughs> so, I walked up there. And they gave me these white gloves. I didn't know what to do with them. So I just hold on to mine. Everybody else got theirs. And when they put theirs on, that's why I'm going to put mine on. And this is before coronavirus, okay? So, and then whatever they did, they had me do some, some invitation or something at the beginning of service. I didn't know what to do. And I had to ask them, what am I supposed to do, you know? And then I, I ministered that day. And at the end of service, they put down this, they put a chair right down in front. Set a chair right down. I was like, well, praise God. That was really nice. And I sat down in the chair. And what chair went for me? It's for those that were come to receive Christ. They have a, have a chair. I'm like, oh, you have little faith. You're going to bring one chair after I preach that message. You're going to bring one chair. So now I'm at this church. And the church is just, the walls were broken down. And the gates were burned there over with fire. And for, I don't know how long, I don't know how long, I preached for a whole year. And I'm trying to rebuild and rebuild and rebuild. And God kept saying, you can't rebuild until you have agreement. Agreement is the foundation of everything. You can't have a good relationship without agreement. You can't have a good business without agreement. You can't have a marriage without agreement. You can't have a church without agreement. And a church that is not in agreement is a church that is out of order with God. And now basically it's functioning as an illegal church trying to perform illegal and unauthorized transactions, not in agreement. Agreement is powerful.
Agreement is so powerful. He says, if two, just two of you shall touch as agreeing concerning anything, it shall be done to my Father, which is in heaven. Agreement is so powerful. Agreement is so powerful that it brings heaven down into our situation. Agreement is so powerful that God says that where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am. I'm trying to process, because I didn't come to preach a sermon. I came to have a conversation with heaven today. Okay. This church, is getting ready to experience a sudden move. Praise God, I got one. Thank you, Father. We well, want a sudden move. I'm <laughs> looking at this. The gathering place. <laughs> the gathering place. The gathering place. This church has not yet reached its destiny. We haven't even reached its destiny. I sometimes feel like it's more like the frustrating place than the gathering place. The scattering place rather than the gathering place. I don't even know where to begin. Um, Nikki, you might help me here, but... There, there's something that took place that, that we're trying to process out, okay? Um, we had an encounter with God concerning this region. Night before last. And what God does is God uses prophets to, watch this, identify the obstacles. He says, remove, heap up, heap up the stones out of the way. Prepare the way for the glory of the Lord. Prophets identify impending obstacles, impediments, and then identify symptoms that is hindering the move of God. This is a resistant region. And this, this region is resistant to change. Until I heard you just said they open to change. Resistant to change. Resistant to change. Resistant to change. Persistent resistant to change. There's a stronghold of resistance. I said there's a stronghold of resistance. Okay, Lord, thank you. Let me give you, let me start off by giving there, then, we, then we're going to flow. We're going to flow. Thank you, Lord. Go to Acts. Lord Jesus, Acts 17. And we're going to go to Luke. We're going to just flow here. Say, Acts. Acts. 17. 
I'm going to read this. I have two different translations. This is going to be interesting. Verse 24. Oh, man. Wait a minute. <laughs> I must back up a little bit. Verse 22. Verse 20. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you're too superstitious. Wow. Too superstitious. We're superstitious to be more religious than others. <laughs> For I passed by and I beheld your devotions. And I found an altar. I beheld your devotions. And I, <laughs> I beheld your devotions. He's not talking about the same devotions that we're talking about reading in the word the more uh, reading the word in the morning and praying. That's not the type of devotions he's talking about. These devotions were objects of worship. And I found an altar. <laughs> he found an altar with this inscription, to the unknown God. A lot of people are singing to a God that they don't know. To the unknown God. Whom therefore you ignorantly worship. <laughs> ignorantly worship. I'm going to preach on that one day. Ignorant worship. <laughs> Ignorant worshipers. Not knowing the God without no the knowledge of God. That means without the knowledge. Worshiping God without the knowledge of God. For they that do know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Him declare I unto you. That God has made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Some people worship the building more than they worship God. Right. Neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he gives to all life and breath and all things. Watch this. He has made of one blood... All nations, ethnos, of men. He has made from one blood all nations, ethnos, of men. For to dwell on all the face of the earth. And he has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. That they should seek the Lord. If haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. Now, let me read this to you out of a different translation. It's called the Passion Translation. <laughs> I'm hoping to inject some passion in this church today. Praise God. Verse, verse, let me go ahead. Verse 22. For as I know I walk through your city, if I, as I walk through your city, 
I was captivated by the many shrines and objects of your worship. I even found an inscription on one altar that read, to the unknown God. I come to introduce to you this God. God needs somebody to introduce. God needs somebody to introduce. The God that you came to worship, but you need to be introduced to God. The God whom you worship without even knowing anything about him. I have come to introduce you. I've come to introduce to you this God whom you worship without even knowing anything about him. The true God is the creator of all things. He's the owner, the Lord of the heavenly realm and the earthly realm. And he doesn't live in man-made temples. He supplies life, breath, and all things to your every brain. He doesn't lack a thing more that you can supply him, right? For by verse 26, for by one man, Adam, he made every man and woman and every race of humanity, and he has spread us all over the earth, and he sets the boundaries of the peoples of nations. He determines their appointed times in history. He has done this so that every person would long for God, feel their way for him, and find him. He is the God who is easy to discover. And it's through him that we live and we function and we have our identity. Okay, where do we go, God? Number one, it says that God has predetermined the times and the boundaries. Destiny is the intersection between your season and your place. God has given every one of us a purpose, right? Ecclesiastes 3. I got to tread through this. Ecclesiastes 3. To everything, for every purpose, there is a time and a season. We've functions and we've, we've really focused so much on knowing your season. And it's important that you know your season. If God's given you a purpose, he has given every one of you a purpose. And if, since God has given you a purpose, he is also obligated to give you a season in which to fulfill your purpose. Right? God's not going to give you a purpose and then not earmark you as season to fulfill your purpose. That would frustrate his creature. So if God's given you a purpose, he will also, he's obligated to give you a season. Time and chance happens to them all. God will give you a season to fulfill your purpose. And what Satan wants to do more than anything else, he wants you to miss your season. Okay. Why does Satan want you to miss your season? Psalms 1, blessed is the man who walked not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. When it's your season, everything you do will prosper. Y'all better talk to me. Come on, y'all, 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 y'all sound as bad, y'all sound as bad as passionate as a mortuary. <laughs> I said, when it's your season, everything you do shall prosper. That's right. Amen. Amen. Bible says, make a joyful noise. Amen. I said, make a joyful noise. Amen. Amen. God doesn't like quiet. Make a joyful noise. Amen. Thank you. Bible says, let the high praises of God. Let the high praises of God be in our mouth. 
High praise. Somebody shout high praises. Thank you. Praise God. Let the high praise of God be in our mouth. And two edges sword in our hands. Now, so we focus so much on time, seasons. But also, it says, he has also predetermined your boundaries. Your boundaries. So there's also a predetermined time, and there's also a predetermined place. When you find your predetermined time and the predetermined place, you're located at a place called beautiful. Beautiful. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11. God has made everything beautiful in his time. He put the world in the heart of man so that no man can find out the work of God that God does from beginning to end. So there's a season called beautiful. And your beautiful season is when there's a right place at the right time. Now here's what, you can have the right time but be in the wrong place. The right time but the wrong place. But there's a collision that's going to take place between the right time and the right place. And you're at, oh, glory to God. You're at a gate called beautiful. There's a gate called beautiful. A gate called beautiful. There's a man that was crippled. And there's two men, or the, Peter, James, and John, were walking by a gate called beautiful. And there's nothing worse than be a broke at beautiful. Everybody got to, everybody's walked through their gate, but you're crippled at beautiful. But he, he receives something. He has an encounter at beautiful. He has an encounter at beautiful. That he's looking for a handout at beautiful, but instead he receives an impartation at beautiful. An impartation is now a transaction between one person and another person. He is expected to receive some, one thing, but he gets something instead. He expects something that's going to get him by 24 hours, but it says he has a life-changing encounter. Yes. Yes. Oh, help me, Lord. See, a lot of people come to church wanting something to get them through for another 24 hours, but instead, God is setting you up for a life-altering encounter. We need to raise our level of expectation that when you come to the gathering place, you're not going to just get something to get you through the next 24 hours, silver and gold, to the next handout to get you in the door. You need a life-altering experience to come to God that is going to change the, oh, the projection of your destination. The enemy has been bringing distractions to this region. And God's going to bring a new direction to this region. The gathering place is destined to be a place of encounters. And instead of encounters, the enemy's been bringing diversions. gathering place is supposed to be a place that I've never read your vision but I would bet if I could see into your heart the purpose of the gathering place is a place where people have encounters with God and from the gathering place a place where they gather 
to get instruction and gather to have an encounter with God. And when they find, when they have that encounter, they receive something not just for another 24 hours. It becomes a life-altering experience. The gathering place. The gathering place. gathering gathering of souls the gathering place has become an empty place so Luke Peter and them were fishing. They're mending the nets. Mending the nets. Mending after coming up empty. Mending after they labored all night long. Jesus gets in one of the boats without permission. He gets in one of the boats and mending the nets. He said, look, I borrow your boat here. Look, we're mending our nets right now. I'm tired, I'm frustrated, I'm fatigued. I'm ready to go home. This is dinner probably waiting on me. I'm going to sleep for the day so I can go back out and again at night and try fishing. They always fished at night because the heat, the fish would come up at night and feed at night. And during the day, they would submerge. So he gets in one of the boats. says push out a little push out a little push out a little push out a little can you push out a little I know you're ready to go home but can you just trust me to push out just a little a little how far is a little how much energy is going to have you just to push out a little can you push just a little can you push out just a little I know you got it pulled up to the banks and I know you're almost done mending your nets. How, what, what were they, were they so the Bible says they were cleaning their nets. They were cleaning the nets from an empty harvest. Have you got the harvest that you've been expecting? And if you didn't, what were they cleaning the nets of? There's no debris. Debris. Not fish. Debris, twigs, seaweed, bottles, cans. We have our nets filled with everything but fish. Where what happens is our nets get filled from the frustrations of not catching anything. Okay. And then he says, okay, now you clean the nets. 
And a lot of times we're fishing with dirty nets and fishing with nets that have not yet been mended and healed. Okay? And there's nothing more frustrating than trying to fish with nets that still have holes in it. Holes in your soul. And what happens is you end up losing the harvest because your nets have not yet been mended. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody here. We're not even talking about. So you have to mend the nets before you can throw the nets back out again. Because you can't fish with dirty nets. Holes in the nets. Holes in your soul. But then he's sitting down. And he's preaching. He turns the boat into a pulpit. And he preaches from the boat. And go, well, we're going in, don't worry. We're just treading lightly. So, so he preaches because now he turns the water into an amphitheater. Because water carries sound. Preaches to the crowd from there. And then he turns around to Peter. Peter's probably just sitting there. I don't know how long this guy's sermon is going to be. You know, I'm ready to get on home. I got, I got, you know, got dinner to eat so I can get back out here tonight. This man borrowed my boat. I don't know how much money he's going to get me from renting my boat. Maybe he's probably thinking he's going to get some money from renting the boat. Because he came up empty. At least he's going to show for something. He turns to Peter. He says, launch. Drop your nets. Drop your nets. Why would I drop my net now? Did you just see I came up empty? What makes me going to drop my nets and then have to clean them all over again? After I just spent all this time cleaning them. You know how long I've been cleaning my nets and now you want me to drop my nets? You, were you not here? Were you not here? I, I just told you. I toiled all night. I toiled. I toiled. Toil is part of the curse. Toil is part of the curse. I toiled all night long. That's your problem. That's your problem. You toiled all night long. You didn't enter into his rest. You toiled. You've been toiling. You've been toiling. You've been toiling. Instead of coming into agreement with God and entering into his rest. You've been toiling. And so, we've toiled all night long and caught nothing. Okay. You're in a good place. You're in a good place. You're in a good place now. Because now you've caught nothing. Why don't you try it my way? God, I hear. I hear the Lord say, I heard the Lord say, I heard the Lord say right here. He said, tell him to try it my way now. Tell him to try it my way now. Watch this. There's nothing wrong with the net. You've just been throwing it in the wrong direction. And God wants to reposition where you, he wants you to throw the net this time. And this time, when you drop a net, you will pull up in one time, which you've been missing all the previous times, wow. that in one dropping, you'll have a harvest 
The Bible says that they pulled up 153 fish, which represents all 153 different cities that Jesus went and preached at. That in one pull-up, there were two boats. Why didn't you put two boats? Because they already knew the harvest that they were going to get. Because the harvest that is going to come is going to be so great that it's going to require partnership to bring in the harvest. I'm going to tell you this, what I heard. There's a harvest that's waiting for you. But you're throwing your nets in the wrong way. You're fishing on the wrong side. Do you not think that they knew where? Do you not think that they knew where to throw the nets? They were skilled. They were gifted. They knew where to fish. And I wonder how many other people pulled up and they got their harvest. And they probably threw the nets where they were at. But the Lord said, cast your net. Launch out into the deep. Throw your net on the other side. There's a place called the other side. There's a place called the other side. How long are you going to throw your nets in one way? Okay. I'm not. How long have you been here? Yeah. Five years. How long have you been in the city? Six years. Going in your sixth year. Praise God. Okay. Going into your sixth year. Okay, great. Going into your sixth year. <sighs> Six year. All right. There's a harvest that's waiting. And there will be a harvest. An unprecedented harvest. There will be an unprecedented harvest. A harvest which you have no reference for. God's going to give you a harvest that doesn't make sense. And you'll see, you'll drop in at one time, and I'm seeing something trigger so quickly. And your greatest, your greatest challenge is going to be doing something when everyone is resistant to it. The spirit of resistance. I'm going to ask you a question. <coughs> 22 people here. 22. 22. 22 people here this morning. What do you got to lose? What do you have to gain? He said, from one man, he made all nations. From one blood, he made all ethnos. <sighs> um, there's a multicultural harvest that God wants to get you that where you're fishing at right now, you can't get. And there's a spirit of passivity. In this region, there's a principality of passivity over this region and a spirit of resistance over this region. How long are you going to try to deal with this and say, just throwing your net on the other side? When there's an openness and a closeness, there's an openness and a closeness, there's an open door and there's a closed door. And fighting against the closed door instead of walking through the open door. 
Nikki, this would be a good time to come up and interject. This would be a good time. It's a good time. It's a good time. Huh? I want you to share. I want you to share. I want you to share what took place when we drove into the region. I want you to share the dream. Amen. So when Apostle John was driving us into the region on Friday night, um, I began to experience a lot of things in my body that was actually taking place. Um, when we were probably about 15 miles, 20 minutes outside of Beaumont, I started experiencing very bad headaches, extremely bad headaches. And then I began to experience my chest started closing up. I started getting a tightness in my chest. I have no asthma. I don't have bronchitis. I have no respiratory issues whatsoever. And then later on that night, God woke me up yesterday morning. It was about six o'clock and my stomach was turning. And I'm like, Lord, what is happening in my body? Because I don't have health issues. I don't take medication, nothing. And God said to me, it's the witchcraft that is in this region. The witchcraft. The worship that is being offered up in this region is impure. The sacrifices that are being offered up to God are unclean. And so what I was experiencing in my body was a byproduct of what is happening in this region. God cannot move in this region with the filth and the contamination. Because he said that he, it's not pleasing to him. And so I started asking why my lungs and my chest was closing up. And he said to me that because of the contamination in, in the atmosphere, it was obstructing my breathing. And my stomach was turning because he said he was repulsed. He's repulsed. By what has been transpiring. So then I get up and I'm praying. I begin to intercede for the region. I begin to intercede for this state because God wants to encounter. He wants to encounter us. He wants to inhabit the state of Texas. And so I went back to sleep and I had a dream. I had a dream. And I want to share the dream, but I, I, I'm, I'm feeling led that this needs to not be recorded publicly because of the depth of it. Because there is, there's something very specific that I believe that if we release this publicly, that it, it's going to give the enemy strategy. Glory to God. Just begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. So.
Lord, we just worship you and we honor you, Father, in this hour. God, we just open up our hearts and we open up our minds. Father, we open up our spirits to be able to receive, Father, what it is that you desire to reveal to us, God. We yield ourselves to you, Father. We submit. We come before you broken. We come before you broken. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, we desire an encounter with you. We desire an experience with you. God, we need a life-changing moment. Father, we need something that we've never experienced with you before. Something we've never encountered. Jesus. Hallelujah.
all the entertainment stuff. You got Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. A museum comes from the story museum. It's entertainment. A museum. And look where he's positioned. And the Lord said to me, why I call it, watch this, Six Flags Over Texas? Six Flags. Six, the number of man. Six Flags Over Texas? This thing hit me. These are the principalities over in Texas. So then I'm like, what are these six flags? I looked up the history of all that. It was representing the six kingdoms that have were sovereign over Texas. Six kingdoms that were sovereign over Texas. The kingdom of Spain. All these kingdoms that were governed. Six, the number of men. When are the kingdoms of this world going to become the kingdoms of his Lord and of his Christ? So, the serpent beguiled diversions by occupying the minds of people. The Lord showed me, as she was telling me the dream, the Lord showed me that the cracks represented that the foundation had been shaken. The foundation of the church has been shaken. The coffin in church, coffins in the church, the roller coaster of amusement. Coffins and roller coasters simultaneously, simultaneously, while people are being captivated by a spirit of amusement. And the amusement is to divert the attention from an encounter. The amusement is to divert and to occupy the attention of an encounter. Now, you want to read about your. Here we go. We have part two. We're going to go through this. Told you. Told you. Glory to God. This is this is this is so powerful. Is because that has been a prayer. That's been a cry of this city. As you all want an encounter. You've been wanting an encounter. You've been wanting an experience and you haven't been able to have that because of what the enemy has been trying to do. He's been diverting the attention so the encounters cannot happen. And so I, God woke, when he woke me up, he started dealing with me with encounters. He started dealing with me. And these are the things that he said. He said that he sent, he sent the attacks to wake up the region because the region has been asleep. He sent the floods. He sent the blast to wake up this region because the region has been asleep. He said that I sent the explosion at the time to cause an awakening in the city, but many people slept through the attack. <laughs> There's an awakening, awakening that needs to come. 
And once the awakening comes, revival. Revival is then going to be able to come to this city. But God said that he cannot arrive, what he cannot revive what is asleep. He can't revive it until it, while it's asleep. It has to, it has to awake. This city is known to be a place of encounters. That is what God said to me. This place is known to be a place of encounters. But he said that he can't encounter where he's not invited or welcomed. An encounter is when there is a meeting, there is an unexpected experience that takes place. And many have not encountered God because they've become too common with him. And so God said that what you would then do is you would then treat the encounter as a casual meeting and not as an experience. Because see, when you have an encounter with Jesus, you encounter glory. You encounter the goodness. You encounter the greatness. You encounter the magnificent wonderfulness the the deity of who God is when you encounter him. It's life changing. It's not moment changing. It's life changing. And when we come to church every Sunday, we just want our moment to change. We just want our situation to change when God wants to change your life. He wants you to encounter him. And so there have been, and God showed that, that, that in this region, that there, the churches are operating as silos. They're operating as individual departments. And so they may be having encounters in their churches, but the encounters are not happening in the region. He wants the region to have an encounter and not silos, not individual churches. He said, there's no gathering. I had no idea. And I don't know why it left my mind that this was called the gathering place until we pulled up and I saw the sign and I said, oh my gosh, this is the gathering place. God wants to gather. There were many people in the Bible who had encounters with God. Jacob had an encounter. He wrestled with God. Moses had an encounter. He had a face-to-face with God. Ezekiel had an encounter with God. Enoch walked with God. Elijah had an encounter with God. Encounters, Encounters were normal in the Bible. They were normal. That was an, uh, an experience, an everyday experience that they encountered God. But we have encounters once every couple of years. We experience encounters every couple of years. When there was an encounter that took place, miracle signs and wonders began to follow when there was an encounter. And we're always praying for miracle signs and wonders. You have to have an encounter first. You got to have an encounter before you can have the miracle signs and wonders. Then these things shall follow those who believe, those who have an encounter. But see, they were open. This is what the Lord said to me. They were open and they were at a place where they desired change. You just said that. How many of us are desiring change? You said that. You began to open up an encounter to take place. The prerequisite, the prerequisite for an encounter is that you have to desire change. You have to want change. Not something temporary. 
Not something, not, not something just small, but something big. Something beyond you can ever ask, think, or even imagine according to the power that worketh in you. And he said that they desire change and they were seeking God. See, it, because the encounter, it changes your life. God cannot counter what does not want to change. He can't encounter what doesn't want to change. Because encounters cannot be forced upon people. You have to yield to it. You have to submit. You have to humble yourself for an encounter to take place. God is not going to encounter pride. He's not going to encounter arrogance. He is not going to encounter a haughty spirit. He's not going to encounter that. He encounters brokenness. He encounters a contrite heart. He encounters those who have clean hands and a pure heart. That's who he encounters. And the Lord began to say to me that, that he says that these people, he said, we have to need him and not want him. We have to desire him and not doubt him. That we have to love him and not just like him. We can't just know of him. We have to know him. He said, I can't encounter where I am not allowed. And I cannot encounter where it says, do not enter. I cannot trespass in areas that are not surrendered to me. I can't take possession of something that I don't own. I can't encounter what doesn't belong to me. He says that I have a desire to encounter my people and that I have a desire to have breakthroughs with my people and I desire to send the wind to my people, but I will not do it illegally. I will not encounter my people without permission. He said that I do not chase what does not want to be pursued. He said, so I sent the signs, the water and the fire. He said that he prepared this city for an encounter, but they did not awake. The region missed their moment of an encounter. But the Lord said that I am a God of second chances. He said that I am a God of second chances. He said it is time to awake so that you do not miss this encounter. He said that he didn't come just to encounter the churches. He did not come just to encounter the region, but that he came to encounter this state, that he came to inhabit the state of Texas. God wants to dwell here. He wants to live here, but we have got to welcome him here. We have got to invite him here. We have to invite him into our lives. We have to invite him to our hearts. We have got to bring our place into a place of submission. We have to bring our flesh under subjection. Because see, when the church has an encounter, then you have an encounter. And that's what he desires to do. He desires to have individual encounters. He wants to have regional encounters. And then he wants to have a state encounter. And the Lord says to you in this church, this is the place you are going to host encounters. 
Lift your hands and receive that. Welcome the encounter. Welcome the encounter. Welcome the change that is getting ready to take place in your life. Welcome the change that is getting ready to take place in you in this region. Invite him into your life right now. Invite the encounter into your life. Invite, welcome him into your heart. Submit to him. Give him those areas that you desire him to encounter. Give him those places that you desire him to invade. Give him those places. There is an invasion coming. There's an invasion. There is an invasion. He wants to invade your mind. He wants to invade your thoughts. Father, we thank you that you are a God of second chances. We thank you, God, that you are giving us another chance to encounter you today, Father. We thank you, God, that you are not going to let us miss this moment. We thank you that you are just so mindful of us, God, that you are giving us another opportunity, that you're giving us another moment, Father, to have an encounter with you. God, we surrender ourselves in this moment. Father, we lift up our hands in submission. We lift up our hands and we ask you, Father, to come and invade us. Holy Spirit, we're asking you to send the wind right now that the wind of God will begin to blow in this place, that the fire of God will begin to fall in this place and that it will consume everything that is not of you. God, we burn the spirit of resistance, the spirit of passivity. God, arrest this region now. Arrest this region now. Arrest us. Arrest us. Arrest us. There's a spiritual arrest. There's a spiritual arrest that is taking place. There is a spiritual arrest. <laughs> God says that I desire you to be a prisoner of me. He won't see. He said he's he says, I desire you, you, you to be a prisoner. <sighs> to be a slave. <sighs> he says, call me master. He said, call me master. And when you call me master, you'll have an encounter. <laughs> no more false encounters. No more false encounters. No more false moments. Begin to pray in your heavenly language. Because I feel the Holy Spirit getting ready to come in this place. I feel the wind of God getting ready to blow in this place. I'm telling you, I see a blanket that is getting ready to fall upon you. If you would just lift your hands and if you would begin to open up your mouth and if you would begin to receive the Holy Spirit, it is getting ready to come upon you. It is getting ready to fall upon you. Oh God, I see it now in the name of Jesus. And you, I begin, begin to breathe. I need you to begin to take some deep breaths. Begin to take some deep breaths because the Ruach, oh my God, the Ruach of God is getting ready to breathe through your lungs. 
the ruach, the, the creative breath of life. The Lord says, I'm creating new moments. I'm getting ready to create a new moment with you. He says, I'm bringing you back to, I'm bringing you back to your first love. Oh, God. The Lord is getting ready. The Lord said that I'm getting ready to bring you back into that moment where you first, where you first fell in love with me. Begin to put your mind back in that place where you had your first encounter with God. And think about how he saved you. Think about how he delivered you. Think about how he walked through your polluted blood. Think about how you were, you were that one. He says that he leaves the 99 to go after the one. Think about you being that one that needed to be rescued, that needed to be saved. Think about that moment where you took that last drug and he took the taste away. Think about that moment where you thought that you were going to end it all. And he said, daughter, son, he said, no, I have more for you. You cannot take your life because I gave it to you. Think about that moment, that encounter. He said, go back to that moment. Go back to that moment where you heard him speak loud and clear. Go back to that moment where you heard the audible voice of God. Go back to that moment where you wanted to give up and throw in the towel. But in your weakness, his strength made you perfect. Go back to that moment where you were weary in well-doing. <laughs> Go back in that moment where you felt that your trials and tribulations were getting ready to overtake you. And the Lord came in and he gave you peace in the midst of the storm. That was an encounter. I want to release something here. I want to share something with you. There's a spirit of complacency. And the complacency is leading to compliance. The spirit of complacency means this. See, I'm not here to entertain what you guys don't know, what I'm doing, what we're doing right now. We're operating in a Jeremiah mandate. And the first thing that Jeremiah had to do was to uproot, pluck up. I'm dealing with root systems in this region. This region has root systems, faulty root systems that's producing imitation fruit. The spirit amusement is an imitation fruit. It's not the joy of the Lord. It's an imitation fruit. We're dealing with faulty root systems that's deeply embedded in the hearts of people. So I'm dealing with root systems in your heart, in the region. Are you following me? 
that's deeply embedded within us. And so this, what, what God was just showing me, the spirit of, of amusement is bringing a complacency within the church. The church is complacent in prayer. The church is complacent in making a sense. You know what the word complacent means? The word complacent means, it means, complacent means pleasure, gratification self-gratification, self-satisfaction, to be in delight in one's condition. That's where the church, we are at ease in Zion. Now the church will wake up when coronavirus, we should have been woke up when, when they start introducing marijuana laws, legalization. Talk to me, somebody. Do you understand the, the progression of what the enemy is doing? Where was the church when they took prayer out of the church? Where was, where, where was the church in abortion? Where, where was the church when they're now promoting same-sex marriages? Now the thing has gotten so far that they're now legalizing things that used to be repulsive we never even thought about. There are more, there are more dispensaries in Oklahoma City than there are 7-Elevens, y'all. There are dispensaries on, on right next door. There are shopping centers with more than one marijuana dispensary in them. Do you understand? I mean, I've been in Oklahoma for, for almost three years now. Oklahoma was one of Bible Belt. It was a belt buckle, you might say. It was a state. You couldn't buy any. Uh, you could not go into a store and buy a cold beer. It was illegal because they didn't want you driving and popping the top and driving and having a cold beer. Do you know in the same year, watch this, in the same year, I want to show in one year time, last year, for the first time, they, they, they made a law where now it made the, the liquor stores get refrigerators so people could buy cold beer. They, they legalized that. Now watch, how many years, how many other states have already had that, right? But in the same year, they also legalized marijuana? Do you see the leap that they just made? From a refrigerator to now they're legalizing marijuana. Because the enemy looks for an opening. Where this all started. And finds an opening, finds a small group of people that are in agreement, y'all. And that principality comes in and finds a couple of people that's in agreement and then passes a law. The law is now a legal agreement between the principality over the region and the people in the region. A law is a principality, is agreement with the principality over the region with the people in the region. Now we have, now there are more dispensaries. There's more dispensaries. That means it's legal. If it's legal, who knows how long? We have people coming in church high. It's legal. I've already seen it in Colorado where they already didn't call people in church high, y'all. It's legal. Coming a day where people call good evil. Evil good. And complacency leads to compliance. And the word compliance means this. And I'm closing up. Compliance means, <laughs> compliance means conformity. A tendency to yield readily to others, especially in a weak and a subservient way. Church is moved from complacency to conformity. This is what the Lord will show me. There's a gathering that's taking place. This gathering is going to begin with this. The encounters. How are we going to deal with this spirit of amusement? It's going to take an encounter. Okay. How is this going to happen? How, how are we going to do this? When we look at encounters, I was, even last night, we were going through encounters. Jacob had an encounter. The encounter was so powerful, he actually renamed the place to Peniel. I think it was Peniel. It renamed the land. 
it renamed, which gave a new destiny to the city. But he didn't, the encounter they had didn't start off as a counter. It started off by finding the gate. How awesome is this place? This place is none other than the house of God. It's the gate of heaven. The way to have, we can't have an encounter until we first open a portal. We have to open a portal. The portal now becomes a passageway for people to have the encounter. And the way to have open the portal, portals open through worship. So the two areas that the enemy is, is worship and intercession are the two primary means that God uses to bring a portal between heaven and earth. So the Lord took me to the rebuilding of the temple when they came back from Babylon. About two minutes, I'll be... The rebuilding of the temple. There were two enemies, and we started rebuilding, there were two enemies that when they started rebuilding, the Bible said that there was such a loud shout that it woke up the adversaries. And the adversary said, let us come help with build with you. They said, no, we got it. You're not on our side. So the Bible says they hired counselors to frustrate their purpose. And the two tribes that they came to attack was Benjamin and Judah, which represents intercession and worship. And the Bible says this. This is so critical for this place. Somebody say this place. I want to read this to you. And when the builders of the foundation, I'm reading out of Ezra 3, verse 10. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set priests in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with symbols to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. Sons of Asaph. Asaph was a prophetic minstrel. They created instruments. They were prophetic. Asaph means to gather. God is getting ready to release an Asaph anointing over this region. And I see a gathering of Asaphs. I see a gathering of Asaphs. I see, I wish y'all be in agreement with me. I see a gathering of Asaphs. God is going to gather the Asaphs because the Asaphs had the gathering anointing. And when the Asaphs gather, they're going to release a prophetic sound that's going to open up a portal. It's going to open up a gate that is now going to bring into people an introduction to have an encounter with God. So God getting ready to gather some Asaphs. There are minstrels. There are prophetic words. I'm God, y'all understand? God is giving us a strategy. And at the simultaneously, root systems is getting ready to be plucked up. God has given us to see, we are counteracting the spirit of amusement. Y'all ain't hear me. We're, we're, we're coming against, we're, God is giving us another strategy. We are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. And do you understand what can take place here in Port Nations? Do you understand what can take place in Beaumont? Do you understand what can take place here that can affect Dallas, that can affect Arlington. God is looking for people that's looking for him, that in him we live, move, and have our very being. But the problem is the church has lost its passion. We have lost our if you seek me, you will find me. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness that they shall be filled. We need to get our passion back. We need to stop being complacent. We need to stop being compliant. And we need to hunger and thirst after right. Oh, as the deer panteth for the water, so our souls long after 
happy. But we have a church that's been self-satisfied. We've lost our hunger. We've lost our appetite for God. When I was in the Philippines, 2,500 kids ministering. The worship, I saw four or five-year-old kids crying, tears coming down their face, crying in worship. You couldn't even get to the altar. I couldn't even get, they couldn't, there was no room for me to stand. It was crowded. I just got videos. I wish I could show these videos. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. If you saw the worship and this thing, how great is our God? We're out in the middle of nowhere in the wilderness. A girl dies in the middle of service. Dies. 17-year-old girl dead for three hours. I prayed every prayer. I quoted every scripture I knew to quote. Three hours, nothing happened. I, said, I walked away. I had to have a conversation. I had to have one-on-one -on -one with God. I said, God, what are we going to do? You, God, do you understand? Do you understand what's taking place? How am I going to knock on the door and say your daughter died? How, what are her friends going to think? Three hours, this girl's dead. Holy Ghost says, I want you to walk right back in where she's laying at dead. Her mouth was open. He said, I want you to blow in her mouth seven times. I walked back in this time. I had a word. I had a strategy. Blew in that girl's mouth seven times. Seven times. He said, the same breath that I breathed through Adam, and Adam became a living soul. He said, the same breath that Elijah stretched upon his young child, and the child came back to life, sneezed seven times and came back to life again. He said, the same breath that when Jesus breathed upon the disciples, and they received the Holy Ghost, and that was the, before the day of Pentecost. He said, when you blow in her mouth, it's going to be my breath that's going to be blowing through you into her. I walked right back in that place where she was dead, mouth hanging open, no pulse after three hours. And do you know what happened? I blew in that girl's mouth for seven times. And after the seventh time, that girl came back to life again. God still is able to raise the dead. Y'all understand that. But you understand that sometimes when you need a miracle, you got to change the atmosphere. That there, when the Jairus' daughter, there were people inside of that tent that was weeping and wailing, and Jesus put them all on the outside while there was no agreement on the inside of the room. He had to have an atmosphere. We got to have an atmosphere of agreement. And he took Peter, James, and John, the mother and the father. He had took five people in that room to create an atmosphere where that girl could be raised up. I can't afford, because what I need God to do in my life. I can't afford to have any atmosphere of negativity. I can't afford to have agreement with anybody that's in doubt and fear. God needs to do something. God needs to resurrect something in your life. Y'all ain't hearing me. And do you understand that girl was dead for three hours? And do you know your brain can't go without oxygen for three hours? That that you understand? They took her the next day to an ultrasound MRI and CAT scan and she has no signs that she had been dead for three hours. No speech impairment. No problems in her physical body whatsoever. No mental problems. Y'all ought to be shouting right about now. You don't understand that God is still able to raise it. And I said, God, how did this girl live without oxygen for three hours? God said, my glory incubated her brain. The glory of God incubated. See, glory is the oxygen of heaven. And the God's glory was incubating her brain, preserving her brain so that death could not touch it. It would not detain it. And the same God that raised that 17-year-old girl, he wants to resurrect this region. He wants to resurrect this city. He wants to resurrect this church. He wants to resurrect this city. The same God that's able to resurrect a girl is the same God that's able to resurrect a region. Stand to your feet. We pray God give us our passion back and we welcome. You're the gate. You're the gate. You're the gate. You're the gate that's going to gather the ASAPs. The gathering of the ASAPs. ASAP means to gather. Same anointing that was on Ezekiel when he began to prophesy. 
bones start to gather together. They came together. There's a coming together. There's a coming together. There's a coming together. It's going to take place. I see gathering taking place. And this gathering is going to open up the portals. This has been praying for, believing for. And that spirit of resistance, the spirit of resistance, aka, is going to turn and shift. I declare over you right now that you will begin from this day forward that the resistance that was against you is going to come into a place of agreement. You're getting ready to see a shift. Where there was resistance, there will now be agreement. Because now, oh, God says, drop your net on the other side. Launch out into the deep. There's a deep, deep place. There's a place of extremity that you're going to begin to launch out into like never before. And there's a harvest of fish. There's a harvest that's already waiting. And that gate that was closed down is getting ready to be opened up. The gate of rejection will become a gate of acceptance. The gate of resistance will be a gate of agreement. I sense right now, agreement is getting ready to shift in your behalf. People are going to begin to resonate with the very things that you said. And I hear God say, you felt how you've been toiling all night by yourself. But God said, I'm sending help to you. I'm sending help to people. Oh God, that people know how to open the heavens. Hey, so they know how to open them. There's people that said God has authorized to open the heavens. They're authorized agents to open the heavens. And God says, I'm sending people that will open the heavens. And the hardest thing you'll have to do is you'll only have to steward what's already been opened. God says, you can begin to steward it. Yes, you'll begin to steward the harvest that God's going to God said, you're going to bring the Asaphs are coming. The prophetic missiles are coming. The prophets are coming. The apostles are coming. And they're going to begin to unlock this region. And they'll begin to open. Oh, lift up your head, O ye gates, and be lifted up your everlasting doors because the king of glory is getting ready to come in. There's an invasion of glory. It's a glory invasion that just saw. There's a glory invasion and the wind is already blowing. It's blowing upon the heart. And God says, first, I'm blowing things out so I can blow things in. I'm blowing the debris out. I'm blowing the complacency out. I'm blowing the resistance out. I'm blowing out the old and I'm bringing in the new. The new is coming to you, says the Spirit of the Lord. And get ready throw your net on the other side because there is a harvest that is waiting upon you. Because my son, the Lord said, you've outgrown some things. And now you've been prepared all your, you have been tested. And the Lord said, you've been tested, tested. And now you've been qualified for that which you're getting ready to move into. Because you are faithful in little. I am getting ready to cause you to dominate and to rule over much. I'm shifting you from stewardship to rulership. You'll begin to govern. I have given you keys in your hands, says the Spirit Lord. You'll begin to bind. You'll begin to loose. You'll begin to release. And this is the season of release, says Lord. As your word goes forth out of your mouth, it shall not return void. As the word goes forth out of your mouth, it will not return voice. And so I break the spirits that you've been coming up against, and I release upon you favor. I release upon you approval. I release upon you agreement. I release that there's a door that no man can shut. And God said, I've already shown you a place where the favor's at. The favor is an indication where the harvest is being released. <laughs> It's going to happen so rapidly. You won't be able to keep up with it. You won't be able to keep up with what God's doing. You, uh, your head is going to swim. It's going to happen so fast. Your head is going to swim. You won't be able to keep up. Because you won't be. Oh, God, help me. Just, you'll be a manager of encounters. And manager of encounters. Stewarding encounters. And God said, I've given you the strategy. The blueprints are within you. Run with it, says the Spirit of the Lord. Run, run, run. I'm taking the shackles and the bricks off of your life. I'm taking the shackles and the bricks that people put upon you. 
force is ready to back you up. I release. Apps. Grace in a greater measure. Walk in the fullness of the authority of it. mass prayer because I know the hour is late. I'm praying that God will reignite the fire in your heart. If you want prayer, if you want hands laid upon you, come up to the front. If you don't, stay in your seat. Oh, thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Lift up your hands right now. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, fire reignite. The fire on the altar shall never go out. The fire on the altar shall never go out. Reignite fire. Holy Ghost, passion. Inflame. God is getting ready to inflame, inflame, inflame his heart. Inflame, inflame. Inflame. and compliance over this region. We come against it right now.
this will be contagious. Worship is contagious. Joy is contagious. Faith is contagious. This encounter is going to be contagious. How many appreciate the presence of the Lord here today? Praise God. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just ask you, God, ignite every heart here this morning. Let our hearts burn with your love. Take us back to the first love, God, that we had with you. And we give you praise and glory for it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want you to stand with me for a moment. If you're not standing, I appreciate uh, Nikki and Prophet Daniel because everything they've said, uh, starting from when you first mentioned about scattering, um, I was at a conference um, a few weeks ago, and the apostle that Jane Hammond came to me, called me up and said, "You know, John, uh, Jane, Tom, Tim." She called me up and said, "It's been uh, what's been a scattering." is becoming a gathering and so you as soon as you said scattering to gathering and then when she started talking about encounter i just preached on encounter i did two sermons on encounter a couple weeks ago so everything that you've said even the first love i said that during the, the messages so that's what god is saying folks that's what he's saying and so i'm going to give you an opportunity to sow uh, into his ministry um I want you to make your checks directly payable to him, Daniel Pringle. And so if you'll begin to do that now, that'd be awesome. And so I'll give you a few moments to do that. I do believe that there, there, God is doing something, and he's calling this church to a place of encounter, to the place of encounter, to be that place of encounter. Do you agree with that? I believe that's, that's, that's what we've always, um, that's what we've always been, about, been about here. And um, from the very get-go, when I was 18, we had a gathering called Encounter. And um, somewhere along the way, there was a diversion. And um, and this is where we are today. And it's and it has not. And I'm this is not. We're not whipping you, okay? We're not whipping you at all. We're not saying you know it's nothing like that. It's where the the body of Christ is today. They've been amused. They've been in an amusement park. Churches are now amusement parks, and people want to be entertained, and rather than they, and that's just how it is. But it, we, it's time to shift and change. Amen. Amen. So I'm gonna give you a few moments to sow. Daniel's gonna be at um, Prophet Pringle's gonna be at uh, a call to destiny tonight at four o'clock. I'll be there with him and um, Barbara Barbara Evans Church and Floyd. And so you're, you're most invited to be there. We'd love to see you at four o'clock. And so my mom's going to come uh, through every aisle, and 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 you can sew. <clears throat> Hallelujah! Thank you so much for sewing into the, the ministry. This word today—it's a very powerful word today, a very powerful word today. And Daniel, we appreciate and um, absolutely appreciate your word. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right. We're going to pray and I'll dismiss you. Thank you. We thank you, Lord, today for today's message and the today's word. We thank you, Father, that it did not fall on deaf ears or, or, 
hard hearts today, but we receive it joyfully into our hearts and our spirits. Father, we thank you, Lord, that this is a place of encounter, that we are people of encounter. We thank you, Jesus, that you've called us for such a time as this to open up gateways, to open up portals. Father, we thank you, and we do call in the psalmist and the minstrels, Father. We do call them in for such a time as this, God. We thank you, Lord, that you're already moving upon the hearts of those people that are called to gather with us, that are called to gather to open up heaven. Father, we just thank you for it today. We bless Prophet Daniel. We bless his ministry. We bless the work of his hands, Father. We thank you, Lord, uh, for the new season of acceleration, Father, and the new season of, um, of formation in his life. Father, we thank you, Lord, that that which was dead is coming alive even in his life, Father. The things that he thought were over, the doors that were shut previously, God, we thank you, Lord, that the new doors are opening, and we thank you for new platforms and new places, God, of encounter. Father, we thank you. You've, you've called him for such a time as this to shift and, and, and push people into the next level. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being here this morning. We'll see you Wednesday night, Wednesday afternoon at noon for prayer or Wednesday night at 7, and we're going to have a good time. God bless you.